And if I need your help, like having my back to kick some ass, I'll let you know. All right, cool. I'll be training in the meantime. Um, nice. Learning some kung fu and. <laughs> Good. What's up, everybody? Uh, today I've got someone who's been in poker for over a decade and maybe a familiar face to many of you all. She's been hosting the WSOP Maine for over 10 years and she's been uh, hosting Poker Go and ESPN very frequently. Uh, and as well as she's a bit of a poker champion herself, she's won the Irish Open for over 400,000 and is a, an 88 poker ambassador, Kara Scott. Welcome. Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time. We used to chat on the European circuit when you'd be playing all over the place and sit down and talk about life and whatever. So it's kind of nice to be able to do it again. Yeah, it just uh, took a minute or two. Uh, it's good to, <laughs> to, what's the word, um, reminisce and uh, be reminded of yeah, those for sure. Euro, uh, the big European tour days. I guess you were hosting these um, those party poker premiere things and WPT, I forget exactly. Yeah. And then WPT, no, that was EPT for a couple of years, WPT for I think a couple of years in Europe and then yeah, all the like party poker stuff as well back when we were doing a ton of TV with them. So <laughs> I've kind of worked for everybody. It's like poker TV. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you've been all over poker t TV, basically. Hmm. You're, yeah, pretty much. Uh, poker TV star, you could say. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. I don't know. I'm a host. I, I'm mostly there to kind of make the players shine and ask the right questions and, you know, that sort of thing. It was a little different for me to kind of step into being more of an ambassador myself. And even like this far on, it's kind of a little strange, but... I enjoy it. So how does it feel a little bit to be on the other side of things where it's now my job to make you shine a little bit? And uh, you probably never expected that part of events. Oh, man, I never did. That's why I was so excited when I uh, when you asked. This is really cool. Um, yeah, it's fun. I'm curious to know what you're going to ask me. I'm a little bit, like, not nervous, but... Yeah, I am definitely curious. <laughs> what are you going to say? I have no idea. It's just funny that you're... Let's do it. you're nervous on the other end of things. I, I actually do want to ask you oh, a bit totally. about that also because there is <laughs> um, some skill in doing that and bringing, making other people shine is not necessarily that easy. Um, but uh, first, let's talk a bit about your poker career. Uh, I've never heard of anything... I never heard of even the World Series of backgammon which is apparently how you got into <laughs> poker i would think that most poker players yeah. like maybe gus or someone would have came mm -hmm. in through that but you're the first person that i've heard that has come in through the w the world series of backgammon how does this happen yeah it's super weird i was um because i was doing sports tv pretty much only sports tv i was a presenter and a producer for like a big show in england a long long time ago and then i managed to get this job on the world series of backgammon and it's a game that i'd played a little bit of but not seriously obviously and i was supposed to be the host not the expert you know of course and i worked with paul mcgreal <laughs> x22 he was like the the commentator for it and it was wild times we did it in Monte Carlo and Cannes for a couple of years I think and it was just like fly by the seat of your pants just the weirdest television job ever 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 and then from that yeah like 
this poker channel saw my stuff and asked me if I'd be interested in coming and and like being the novice, the voice of the novice on their show, and that was kind of it. That was like 2005. So wait, why was it the weirdest uh, job ever? <laughs> oh man, we had so much like there was so much drama. Really? Like backgammon people are dramatic, really dramatic. There was just all of this, like, people who were supposed to be working, and I don't mean Paul. Um, I don't know what he was doing. People who were supposed to be working and kind of putting the show together would just disappear to gamble on backgammon for the entire time, and we'd be, like, completely lost for what we were supposed to do, and it was... uh, It was just kind of the Wild West, and we were having all these parties, like, all the crew, and having just the best time. We almost got arrested. Oh, at one point um, in Monte Carlo, and what, the last night after we actually finished filming, because a bunch of people decided to go and have a little dip in the Bay of Monaco, and you're not supposed to do that <laughs> apparently without any clothes on. Uh, and then we ended up getting chased by police around, <laughs> and it was just—it was wild. We had to like hide in a stairwell, and it was a whole thing. And they had a cart, and they were chasing us. It was just—it <laughs> was wild times, man. It was a long time ago. It was a wild time. Okay, I wouldn't have thought this was... Not what you were expecting. <laughs> going on in the backgammon world. Uh, yeah. Why not, I guess? Because I haven't heard of too much of skinny dipping and <laughs> just sneaking off <laughs> playing poker or whatever it is and in the yeah. poker world. Um, okay. Yeah. It was fun. It was really, really good fun. And that was kind of my... yeah my entrance into gaming of that kind. So were you a little dis- disappointed when um, uh, when they recruited you for poker and they weren't like getting wasted or whatever the equivalent was? Or maybe they were. <laughs> were. Maybe that's what they were doing and just being totally irresponsible the whole time. Uh, how was poker a shift? How was dealing with the poker people? Um, it was interesting. I was like fascinated by the whole world of it and I really kind of threw myself into it. I loved I loved playing and I loved talking about it and I loved like getting to know all these really strange characters. And it was pretty intense in other ways like doing poker television back then like 2000 early 2000s and and late 2000s was just like our hours were crazy. We would do maybe 16 hours and then I'd have maybe 6 hours to go and sleep and then have to start again and do another day because you know poker tournaments they're going to end when they're going to end especially those single table like sit and go type of things that we were doing a lot of and so we just didn't have time to get into trouble very much and we I mean we still did yeah we still did but uh yeah it was it was intense I really don't know how how I managed like 10 days in a row like you don't sleep you have to be on camera so you have to like look good too and then you also have to kind of make sense and I don't know if I managed it. I mostly managed it, mostly. It's not like I was saying anything deeply profound. I did say a lot of, like, welcome back to the whatever it is, poker tournament (laughs) in beautiful Vienna or whatever. And that was pretty much it. So it wasn't so hard. Uh, Yeah, well, I didn't. Yeah, it's funny to go from one end of extreme to the other of working very hard. Uh, Well, it it seems like you got into poker, playing poker yourself then. Um, Hmm. And uh, was was uh, it sounds like you were playing some backgammon. Uh, did, I presume that helped a bit for getting into poker. Did you have much success at backgammon? Yeah. Were you able to like um, become like semi-professional, or what was the situation with that? No, definitely not. Um, 
I loved playing and I was studying it, but man, it's tough. And it was really tough back then as well. Cause I mean, it's a, it's a basically a solved game. And for me, my memory is just terrible. And so, you know, you can memorize all the opening moves and then you can memorize like the second grade kind of moves. But then at that point for me, it was just like, oh, okay. I knew that I was just definitely taking the wrong line in so many situations and I enjoyed it, but it was more just enjoying it for fun. And I have a beautiful board from that time and uh yeah i'll still play for fun but i was never that professional at it oh, okay um, not like well i meant like make some money at it like who knows but um did how did you get into backgammon in the first place was like so i guess poker was strictly for something from backgammon or were you interested in both at the same time i understood you grew up with games uh mm. was it like it was was it like you're playing a bunch of games and looking backgammon and then something came from that? Yeah, basically. I mean, um, I played a lot of card games growing up because, I mean, I grew up in, like, the middle of nowhere Canada, and there's not a ton to do. And especially in the winters, it's, like, 40 or 50 below zero. That's Celsius. I have no idea what that is in Fahrenheit. Um, but it's cold. It's, like, deeply cold. And so you spend a lot of time indoors playing card games. And we played some poker, but, like, draw games and, and just kind of generally, like, canasta and rummy and um, just all kinds of different things, too, board games. And, and so I always kind of loved games. And backgammon seemed like a really good fit for me in terms of that because I could pick it up really easily. Even though I have a really bad memory, I kind of had a good feel for things. Sure. So as a field player, uh, which is, you know, terrible, but it worked for me. And yeah, poker was kind of the same. I really studied a lot when I first got into it and I took everything personally. Oh my God, took everything personally. And I was one of those really annoying like poker players who was just like, I got to tell you exactly what this hand was, but I don't remember what it was. And I think I was in, wait a minute, I was in under the gun. No, no, I wasn't. I was in the big blind. Oh, it's just the worst. Um, but I loved it. And uh, yeah, it became kind of everything. <laughs> That's so, I'm, I'm trying to imagine you at the poker table, like <laughs> doing one of those um, annoying poker gestures. Yeah. <laughs> I was the worst. I was just like, yeah, I tried to just, immerse myself in it completely and it didn't entirely fit but it fit enough that I was just having so much fun with it and yeah I loved it I, I and I was really lucky as well when I first got involved in poker it was like I said 2005 I started playing so it wasn't as hard as, as it is now and so for someone who's not like super good at studying all of that uh, I was able to do really well and I got lucky and uh so yeah, like it just kind of paved the way for me to enjoy it more. You know, like if I'd had a terrible run when you first start something, especially like poker, if you run really badly or you just don't have any success, you might not pick it up again. Mm-hmm. But geez, I did so well and it just like like locked it in for me in my heart. <laughs> well, it's yeah, I mean, it's hard for something to ever be a perfect fit. And it's always nice when things work out in that mm-hmm. kind of way. Yeah, well, it's easier to have fun, I think, when it's not crucial. Yeah. Like for me, it wasn't crucial. My job was always broadcasting, so I didn't have to make a living at poker. So for me, I could continue to like have that sense of fun. Although there have been times where I just like, I just got destroyed for so long and it was really actually kind of painful and a little embarrassing. And and then I got in my head about it, but even then I could like step away. I didn't have to solve it right away because it was my, my income. And that was super lucky for me. Yeah, that makes some, um, I mean, I think a lot of people would, uh, 
would it would be ideal if they could have that kind of situation because it's really hard to like yeah mm, to go fully professional requires a bit of do have to deal with it relatively soon um and that was going to be my next question is how do you how would you deal with that and it seems like you've dealt with a few kinds of difficult sort of things in different arenas from what i've read about you Mm. but first it sounds like with (laughs) poker you just stepped away and you just like you know life happened in some other kind of way that's a short answer yeah yeah, kind of. I mean, I I was playing games because I was really lucky to be an ambassador for another poker site, and I was playing games that were too big for me, too hard for mm-hmm. me, and I felt it, and I felt it every time I sat at the table, and I got in my head about it, and it was just brutal. And so I did. I like had to step away and just remind myself that I was a recreational player and play recreationally and play at recreational stakes and do things that were fun and try to find that fun in it again and not feel like I had anything to prove because... I really felt like I had something to prove and I didn't because my job was a broadcaster, you know? And when I kind of got my head back around that, it's my job to ask the questions and to lead the commentary in the different directions or to, you know, to do the technical side of it. And then it was fine again and I could actually enjoy myself again and that, that was the important part for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see how it could be really easy to get... It could be really easy to feel like you have to prove something and everything you put, like, a decent amount of effort mm. into. Uh, I've definitely had that before, where I feel like a little bit, I could have to uh, chip on my shoulder once, like some kind of effort supplied. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example, maybe like fitness for me. I have a really bad track record in mm. fitness bets. I have lost most of them. And for some reason, my willpower when it comes to snacks is not quite the same. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. I don't know how to. Like when it comes to money, I can I can be purely rational, whatever. Like take big risks or take whatever, and yeah. it's not really a big issue. But when it comes to snacks, if there's like a delicious dessert in front of me, um, I'll take a bite, and I have to like create be yeah. a bit creative to stop it, um, and like not put junk food in my room. And I've lost lots of fitness bets and felt like why am I so bad at this, um, kind of thing. Uh. But um. Because you like sweets, and you should a- you should absolutely indulge yourself on the things that you like, because you work really hard. Uh, well, thank you. I'm an enabler, by the way. So, like, I just I think we should enjoy our lives, and I think if that's something that gives you joy and like you're healthy, then eat the snack. That's that's what I do. I eat the snack. So. Uh, okay. I would never win a fitness bet either. So, yeah. Is that does that have a lot to do with you moving to Italy? Because I feel like a lot of Italian culture. <laughs> is around um enjoying uh life in some kind of way like it's not a it's a culture that like Mm. well first of all like you can look at the architecture they're very into beauty and having a really beautiful uh surroundings and obviously they have pizza Mm. and other kinds of dishes and tiramisu yeah and they're uh i don't know if they partake in the european culture of like having four hour long um four hour long yeah is that is that an italian thing too i don't know but is that why oh yeah oh my gosh yeah for sure like dinners here but dinners don't start until like nine o'clock and then they take till 12 like you're uh, you're eating until midnight and i can't do that it's just too hard for me it's exhausting and that's a lot of food but i do love that kind of 
really hot summer night everybody sits outside it smells like flowers everything is like you say the architecture is ancient and rocks and it's beautiful and everybody you know just I don't know there's that kind of glow about it and the food is really amazing and the coffee tastes really good and everyone has a lovely after dinner drink and for me that is just absolute heaven that's the top of the top like you sit have good conversation I don't know that's great and yeah I think that was part of it kind of coming to Italy and and staying in Europe kind of in general for me I only ever lived in the states in California and only for a couple of years so I don't really understand what it's like to live in the states obviously like California is different than everywhere else I'm sure but I do love it over here and now I live in Slovenia which is like a two and a half hour drive away from Italy mm-hmm. and I miss it I love Slovenia but I, I do miss that kind of long relaxed <laughs> eating and drinking and beauty and all of that from Italy uh, yeah um, well California is a little different it's um, the US in general is a little bit more rushed you could say that's one of the biggest differences. Mm. whereas Italy is more laid back from my experience and parts of Europe just are a little more chill that's like the biggest difference yeah. um, but when I think of Italy I think of indulgence uh, that's like the, one of the biggest words that comes to mind, but in romance also. Um, yeah. I, uh, do, I am a little, um, curious about your competitiveness in, uh, martial arts. Mm-hmm. Apparently you competed in Muay Thai. Where does this come from? Because I feel like, you know, this is going in the opposite direction. And, you know, in my experience with martial arts, there's an element of strategy to it. So that's cool. But you also have to, it, there's an element of. Um, really working hard and training hard to get like the kicks right yeah. and all of that. Mm-hmm. It gets, takes a minute to actually compete and to compete is not so easy. Um, so what, yeah. uh, what got you into this and have you kicked anyone's ass? I have actually kicked people's oh, really? ass. I'm pretty proud to say. <laughs> oh yeah. But I, I mean, I don't do it anymore. Unfortunately, it was something I did very seriously. Again, I have this, like, I fall in love with something I do it to the nth degree as much as I possibly can. I feel terrible because I'm not as good as I want to be immediately. Um, I beat myself up about it, then I work through it, and then I enjoy it, and then I kind of move on to something else. It's very strange. And I did that with Muay Thai when I was in university because growing up, another thing I loved was martial arts movies. I just, oh my God, I could have watched every single like martial arts movie that was ever created, especially the ones from the 80s were like peak peak good and so when I finally got to university I realized I could actually train like now I have the opportunity I don't live in the middle of nowhere where like you just kind of run around and play with sticks and I don't know like there's cows and stuff but there's not anything else so I was in a city I started taking lessons and I loved it I just fell in love with it and it was hard but I found because I'd never been very coordinated and I'd never been great at sports. I'd always played everything, but I was never very good at it. And it took me a while. But I loved the feeling of being able to get in the ring and kick and punch people, <laughs> which is pretty amazing, and then be like punched back and realize in that moment, like the first time I got punched directly in my face and it snapped my head back. And as I came back, I thought, that is no big deal. And it was like, it was life changing for me at that moment when I realized being punched in the face was actually not that big a deal. Like it hurt, okay, but that was it. And then it goes away and you keep moving forward. And that was the thing about Muay Thai as well. 
Like I, I ended up doing, that was the TV job that I did in London before poker was all Muay Thai and combat sports. And so one of the important things is always be moving forward and be on the front foot rather than the back foot. And you can't really win points when you're on the back foot if you're moving backwards. And that was it, like be aggressive and be like forward moving and, and push forward. And I love that. And I still love watching it. I actually got, um, I ended up getting sick. I overtrained. And then every time I tried to go back and train again, I'd get sick again. And it was such a shame. And it was like the most painful thing to realize I had to give it up after years of trying to go back to martial arts and then not being able to. Um, it was so painful. Wait. But I still watch. So yeah. you had to give it up. You, it just sounded like you got sick. I did. Why did? I did. Yeah. Unfortunately, I did. I, I got something because um, I was a teacher at the time as well. And I got this really weird virus. And I never recovered, unfortunately. And I ended up like with, um, uh, we call it ME in England. So it's like chronic fatigue syndrome. So every time I try to do exercise, so I can't exercise, I can't work out, I can't do any of that. So anytime I try to exercise, I get really sick. I, it's like having the flu, I might get a fever, I get really exhausted. And so it took me about 10 years to like accept that that was the way it was. And then that's it. And so now I do. And I just, I'm like, well, screw it. I'll just eat what I like and live my life as I like and watch other people work out. And that's fine. Um, well, yeah. one, a couple things. That ruins an idea I was thinking, which is, like, there's an obvious content idea here of, of you fighting, <laughs> possibly starring in something. Right. Who do you want me to fight? <laughs> there are a few people that I want you to fight, uh, especially if you do interview Ooh, them. Ooh, tell them. Um, like, uh, Tom Dwan or any of his crew, please... <laughs> uh, like any of those people that have stolen money from other people um, or owe lots of money wow. there's there's a few of them I mean that would be great I mean fight well you could fight anyone you could fight well apparently like the poker avenger yeah you could be like the poker avenger yeah. like the wonder woman of poker <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it it's almost worth it to like spend a few weeks in bed after it's almost worth it but i think i'd lose at this point so so fun it's what i used to do actually is i actually got into being like a fight extra for a tv and oh, film oh really um yeah before i ended up getting sick it was part of that was the overtraining and then getting sick after that because i was literally just doing it all the time i was partying every night i was working as a teacher and then i was training and then i was fight training for this film that i ended up doing which was so fun and never came out and it just broke my heart that it never came out it was like this futuristic sci-fi thing where like these aliens came down and sent their best fighters and then earth had to like send their best fighters and i got to be one of them and i uh i got to win this one amazing fight and then i just get the crap beat out of me in this bus shelter by these other three girls at some point and then that's the end of it for me um, but it was super fun it was like one of the most fun things i've ever done in my life and then the producers divorced and the footage got locked in some sort of battle and it never came oh, out jeez, so sad i know it was the saddest thing Anyways, do you want to talk about the whole cool. process of getting over this this virus thing or no? Like, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. It might be super boring for people because I never actually got over it. I just had to learn to live with it. And I'm one of the really lucky people because I'm not like because I was bedridden for a really long time and it was really hard. And I just ended up having to like look for ways that I could be better and which things would help. And I found a few that really helped me and I was super lucky. And I'm like one of the people that yeah like super high functioning 
but it does mean that I don't form a lot of memories like it that whole brain fog thing for the last 20 years like I don't form a ton of memories so I take a a ton of photographs and I use them to help me remember things that have happened but like when I'm playing poker it was one of the reasons I had to stop playing such big events is because I I get to like the end of a hand sometimes especially if I'm getting really tired the long days were really hard for me and I'd be like I don't remember exactly how this hand started like just complete blank and it's bizarre and so yeah I did really well on vibes like I I played poker on vibes and it and it worked for me it doesn't work anymore what's vibes um like just you know like just kind of going with what your gut tells you to do so there's there's only so far that can actually get you and it got me farther than it should have but I realized that it was just too frustrating so now I yeah I just play poker recreationally so and that's it oh okay not a, not a very exciting story, unfortunately, and it doesn't have an amazing ending, but also, like, yeah, I'm super high-functioning, and I can work, and that's good, and I relax a lot otherwise. So. Well, that's an interesting story, yeah. because I've never heard of this, and mm. it sounds like really quite a thing to deal with, um, and people probably didn't know that mm. much about you, and that you're still, like, working with it. You're still, like, the host, you know, still playing poker some as well, so it's kind of an mm-hmm. inspiring story, I guess you could say. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I hope so. I'm inspired. No, um, yeah. I I mean, we all have our challenges, I guess, and that's definitely been one of mine. And it's taught me a lot because I had no choice but to learn some lessons, like, how, yeah, how to be, like, even-keeled and how to do all those things and how to listen to myself when I know that I'm pushing too hard. And, yeah, it's really boring, and it means that I don't, like, skinny dip in the Bay of Monaco anymore, which is unfortunate. I might one day again. I probably wouldn't be able to outrun the police this time, so probably not. But um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess you gotta make changes as you get yeah, older. You get you know, sometimes <laughs> you can't you know skinny dip in the pool of Monaco and run away from the police. <laughs> I mean, growing up gets tough, I guess. Or <laughs> it does. Oh yeah, I know it's it's brutal. Like I remember, I yeah. remember when the police got me. <laughs> I've never run away from the police. Um, I've never had the. I've never um, done anything that warranted that on paper. Really? Um, well, may- maybe, but not not a uh, where they would actually run after me. Um, so, well, speaking of challenges, how did you get over um, your stage fright? Because apparently you had quite some stage fright. How did you get over that? Because it seems like a bit of an ordeal when you know you're trying to host something. And you're mm. the person interviewing. Yeah. Yeah. It was something, again, I just told myself I had to do. And so I did it. And that's kind of weird and it doesn't work for everyone. But I, I mean, I looked around for a lot of uh, different tactics and techniques that might work. And one thing that kind of worked for me was, and I forget who told me this, um, that excitement and fear have a lot of the same physiological mm-hmm. like response. And a lot of it is just how we code it in our brain. And so I would have to tell myself that I was actually excited, you know? Like, I'm excited that I get to do this live thing in front of, I don't know, like in the early days when we were doing on ESPN and we were doing it live and I didn't have an auto cue and I had to memorize a minute worth of, you know, like copy and we'd go live and I'd be thinking there's going to be like, what, a million people watching? I don't know. Like, this is terrifying. And I'd have to tell myself I was excited. Like, this is exciting. 
you get to do this. And eventually I just tricked myself into <laughs> believing that that was true. And I still get a little nervous last year. Oh my God, I felt so rusty because I'd been away because of COVID and also because I had maternity leave that kind of went in with that. And so that was really bad timing and I didn't expect to be rusty and I was, and it shocked me. And the first thing I did, I think it was on Poker Central the first day, like the day three that I started the TV stuff and I just messed it right up. And I was shocked. I was like, that doesn't happen to me. That's terrible. Like, I mean, I, I don't do that. And my producers were like, that's okay. You know, that, that we expected that to happen. Just shake it off and it'll be fine. And it was, you just kind of, I thought I have to be okay. Like I ha this is my job. I'm going to go back on TV. I'm going to just make it okay. So I do. And that's it. I have a very strong mental game, I think. Cool. Uh, yeah, it makes quite a bit of sense if you can shift uh, fear to fear to actual excitement and um, just cope with it. Then, yeah, I mean, I guess it does imply that you must yeah. have a, a strong mental game, and it doesn't sound that easy. <laughs> but I actually used to have a fear of dentists, like pathological, like would cry. I couldn't even stop myself. I'd get into the chair, and I wouldn't be like boo-hooing, but my eyes would start streaming really? tears because I was just terrified, yet yeah, terrified. And then eventually, just enough stuff happened in my life where I was like exhausted, and I was like, I can't be scared of this anymore. Like, there's just been way too much stuff in my life that is so oh, much worse than Way this. worse things than dentists <laughs> out there. All right, let's just get this over with. <laughs> Seriously, so now I'm not scared at all. It's like, whatever, it doesn't matter. You just move on. Get over dentists after a while, after, <laughs> after getting chronic illnesses and things like that. Probably don't seem eh. like... Uh, <laughs> I guess that's one way nah. of dealing with it. There's, uh, that's, that's one way in which... That's one way to make the stakes of something feel not as bad is to play higher stakes. And mm. then the smaller stakes don't feel so tough anymore. Yeah. Um, that it, it worked, <laughs> but it wasn't necessarily yeah. uh, ideal. So, did mm. you um, have any notable interviews that you had? Uh, I'm wondering if, like, I just feel like Gus Hansen seems like an obvious case because he's uh, probably good interview, might say some unusual things uh, or some mm. out of line things, and he um, plays backgammon. But maybe there are other ones. Right. And maybe he qualifies as huh. well. Oh, man. I'm going to say, for the most part, I, I try not to, like... Because I need to keep being able to interview everyone, mm -hmm. you know? So I can't really talk about, like, interviews that maybe didn't go well or got a little bit weird or <laughs> if people got handsy. Oh, really? Um, I that's don't, kinda, like... That's not cool. Yeah, so, like... Oh, it's not cool Yeah, at it's all. not cool. It's it not doesn't cool sound like something that should fly. That sounds like that deserves an ass kicking. If you need me to come in... Yeah, I know, right? I'll, get, I'll give them a little ass whooping, too. <laughs> You're like, yo, Daniel. I don't... I Thank don't, you. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I get, I get some... I need to kick someone every now and then. Or that, I can't kick yeah. yet working on the kicks, but... Uh, Good. But um, it's Good. kind of a fantasy of mine to uh, kick some ass. Yeah. And now, now I've got reasons. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'll let you know. Nobody does it anymore because now I'm like established and 
whatever. Um, but yeah, they used to in the beginning, and there were a few that were certainly notable, but I just never really talked about them because, yeah, it makes it hard for me. Like, if they're going to be on a show that I'm hosting, I like, eh, I, they have to be able to talk to me. So I got to keep those uh, relationships nice and clean. And it sucks because it shouldn't happen that way. I should be able to be like so-and-so, like, yeah, whatever, did this or that, but no. And it's pretty rare. Almost every interview I do is like people who love poker, who are excited to be there, even because a lot of the people that I interview um, aren't even just the big names. They're just really excited to be there and the emotion of it, and we try to do that. And even the big people that I talk to, I can tell when they're annoyed by having to do interviews. I get that. It's still my job, like, to get them. And I try to walk that line to be like, look, I'm not trying to bother you. I know you're playing for, like, a super huge amount of money and you don't want to be bothered on your break, but could you do this? And I don't know. So for now, it's more like that's the most annoying thing is when people say no, but I also understand it, so I can't fault them for it. Um, That actually reminds me of a situation of sorts that comes up with myself is, like, sometimes... I'm like super annoyed from the poker game and then you know an interviewer might have to come up and yep. ask me for an interview <laughs> and I'll be like oh yep. man not now <laughs> and yeah come be interesting and come be friendly on camera and uh, it takes man. effort to be interesting that's a tough time yeah, and, yeah. And it fun. does yeah it's not always yep. it's not, it takes it takes effort to be a showman and stuff I yes well you would know that. Yeah, well, you would know that too, I would think. That's what your job is, right? <laughs> you have to... It's true. But I don't have the outfits. If I had the outfits, I could just rely on the outfits. Because I feel like that is like a nice way for you to be like, look, I'm being interesting and a showman, but don't bother me. I'll do it if I want to, but I'm not your monkey and I'm not going to dance for you. I only do it when I want to. Whereas I am a monkey and I have to dance whenever people tell me oh. to. So that's the difference between oh. us. Oh, well, can't you have like the outfits? I think. Like, um, I guess maybe... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, maybe this is a thing. Can you imagine? Yeah, I can imagine. Can you imagine? But ah. they let me get away with lots of things. So it may, may be a bit yeah, different do. because you have to be professional. And I don't yeah. know what they'd let you get away with. But they might let you get away with some stuff. You can, like, maybe not go full-blown, um, you know, uh, Wonder Woman kind of situation. <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty crazy, right? But, like, add a little spice in yeah. there and see if they say something. Ooh. Um, I, I mean, I would, I, I give it the vote if it's possible. Nice. I, I'm all for. Yeah, I go classic Linda Carter, Wonder Woman, absolutely. But also that'd be super uncomfortable and wearing that for a long time, it just wouldn't work. See, like. Right. I'm at the point now where I've been doing this for so long that I can wear like flat shoes and like sneakers if I want to with my suit. So I'm gonna stick with that. If I start wearing a Wonder Woman costume, then I'm like pushing myself all the well, way back where I'm gonna have to start wearing high heels and stuff again. Not gonna Well, that's like a massive jump. That's like not even really a serious suggestion yeah. while we're really clear. Um, I'm just th- <laughs> I, I was know. just throwing that out there as a really extreme thing, but I'm saying like yeah. a little bit of spice, like some kind of like a, um, hmm. I don't know, like just like, a, like some kind of uh, jacket that's a little, um, just a little out there, you know? Sometimes. Sometimes I try to get a little out there. Like, they do veto my my wardrobe choices if they need oh. to. I have been told that I'm not allowed to sneak any animal print in anymore and no leather trousers. <laughs> I did that once, and they were like, no! <laughs> so, yeah. No animal print, no leather. All right. Uh, but I do try to get an interesting jacket in. Oh, okay, at least they let you get that one in. 
Um, yeah, I had no yeah. idea. I, I, I never like thought of this too much, but now we're here. So <laughs> to, to see like what's possible in these interviews, what, are there any, well, what are you allowed to talk about? Are you allowed to talk any about any of the negative stuff? I mean, we can ignore that if possible. Mm -hmm. um, or if, and also what about the good stuff? There's probably some really good interviews that you've had. Yeah, I mean, I've had some fantastic interviews. The problem, and I'm not even kidding with me, is that I literally just have a brain dump at the end and I don't remember anything unless I watch it back or I like look at photos and that sort of thing. So I have this sort of sense of like, oh, that was really nice, that was really enjoyable. But the details are super fuzzy. Like I know I've interviewed you a ton of times. I, I have zero recollection of any of them. Okay. Okay, well, it was probably a little bit... I remember that they were nice. I remember... I don't think I was... No, you were fine. I know you were fine, because I have that feeling of, like, no, no, Dan's great. He's he's great. I, it's my gut. It's vibes. That's how I work. I'm based on vibes. I think I wasn't as spicy back then. Now now there's the spice factor. True. Yeah. Um, but maybe some people are... It's much ex higher. ...exceptionally funny or whatever. Um, like, maybe Antonio Espandiar. Nobody's exceptionally funny. Really? That's fu surprising. I suppose, yeah, nobody's exceptionally funny. Very few people are funny, like on the fly, especially when I think their brains are a lot more working on poker because it's a certain mode, you know, that you're getting into. So, you know who's always really great? Jennifer Tilly. Really? And I haven't interviewed her in years, but my God, she's always fantastic. She's the most professional. I just like had the... Like the most, like I was in awe of her because she used to also give me tips and things of like, oh, you want to make sure that she's, I remember she once told me, make sure you take your shoes off when you do an interview so that the camera is higher because it's, it is, it's like a much more flattering angle. And I was like, I had no idea. And now we do that. And there you go. Um, and she was always just really kind to me and I liked her a lot and she's funny and she's irreverent and yeah, oh, so she's got she's, great stories. So she's very uh, charming by um, just being really professional yes. and doing lots of nice things, it sounds mm -hmm. like. Okay, that's a little surprising that yeah, no one's funny. Sure. What about like Scott Seaver or... Um... Scott is funny, but he doesn't tend to try to do that in interviews. Or at least didn't. It's been a, quite a few years since I've interviewed him. Uh, and I like Scott. And we used to see each other on, yeah, the European circuit all the time. And we'd take a funny photo together. Um, but in interviews, people, I think, generally don't like to be funny in interviews. Because what if it falls flat? <laughs> like, nobody wants to look like, you know, they told a bad joke or whatever. And everyone is mostly thinking about poker. So... I don't give them a lot of openings as well. Like, I could ask, you know, what do you think you might have done differently there? Or, like... I don't know. What's the most, like, I don't know. Even those questions are, it's kind of hard to come up with on the fly, but they're just not, they don't really open the door for funny so much. Well, they're usually thinking. Hey, maybe I'll interview you this year. I'll, I'll give it a try. I mean, they're not live, right? Nice. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, the interviews, they always cut the bad stuff anyway, and they say, and then they do, do it they? again. Huh? No. No. They, they we do it as live. Oh, no. shit. Have I been doing this oh, all yeah. wrong this entire time? <laughs> Have I just been making a fool of myself? No, Only for the good of the game. No. Oh, well, no. if it's for the good of the game, then yeah. um, no, I don't care that much. Like probably no one, no one even talks about me bad interviews. So I'll, I'll probably give it a, a try or two. Nice. I mean, someone's got to do it, right? If, if not even Scott Seaver's going to yeah. stand up to the plate and like swing a little bit, then I might try myself. Um, yeah. Try swing it. for the fences. 
Go big. I'll, yeah. It'll be for poker. That'll be my yeah. excuse if it goes badly. This one was for poker, and I'm a poker yeah. martyr of sorts. If my, Am I being yeah. interviewed? Maybe. Um, <laughs> don't switch the roles on me. That's, that's okay. Uh, all right. Sorry. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. But right. We'll keep that more comfortable next that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask was, how did you? Was there like a uh, something you did to learn to get the best out of people? Did this always come natural to you? Because this would be your. I mean, this is basically what you have to do. I mean, depends how seriously you want to take it. Was there like a method mm. that you did to do this? I think just over the years, like I've been working in television now for 21 years. Wow, that's a long time. And I think just over the years, kind of realizing that I have to like the people that I'm interviewing, even if I don't really, really, really like them at the time, you got to find something that is fascinating and interesting and that you want to understand. Because if it's just questions that you have like, written down on a list that you look at and then you go ask them it's not that interesting generally you kind of want to care about them you want to like pull that out and I think people can understand and feel that you know no don't laugh it's true they can feel like it's a safe place to say things and this person is nice and she likes me and and I, I think that helps you're laughing you're just you're just giving <laughs> me a funny idea it's to like but it would never happen it's just a funny idea I mean, I guess it could happen in the right context, but it would have to be with the right kind of person. Is mm-hmm. to like say to someone beforehand, okay, I'm just, you know, I'm not just doing this for the sake of the job. I don't care about you. <laughs> like, <it's, it's, laughs> this is how my mind works. <laughs> is, oh, man. Is to like just outright say it. It would like create some funny responses. But yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And that's a good way to get people to open up is by making them feel safe. Uh, which mm-hmm. is a bit of a skill set itself in, um, in being friendly and just being opening and inviting. Have your skills from interviewing um, translated into other areas of your life or other careers, potentially? Hmm. Huh. I Maybe stayed th- so busy with poker that I think something I... I don't know if it's a missed opportunity or not, but there's a lot of stuff that I said no to outside of poker because I just, I know I only have a certain amount of energy. And so I've stuck with poker because I love it. And also because that's kind of where my career has been. So I haven't really tried to, or, or used my skills to kind of transfer in a different way. Um, When I started, you know, my podcast, that was kind of part of it. It was I wasn't traveling as much and then the lockdowns happened as well and so I couldn't travel and I didn't want to fall out of touch with talking to people in poker and it felt like a way of doing that and so it was a way of kind of it's still in poker but using those skills in a different way but not generally I think I hope it makes me a good friend like interviewing and kind of practicing listening to people for a living for so long yeah and then just stamina like being a poker like broadcaster takes an enormous amount of stamina, really. And so that, for sure, helps me in kind of day-to-day life. I guess you do need to kind of like be there the entire time, don't you? Yeah, and then we get there. I us- I'm usually there like two hours before anything kicks off. And then we finish because of the broadcast a little bit after as well. So it's a long, they're long days, you know, like... And you have to be so focused throughout the whole thing. So it's, it, it definitely takes a different kind of stamina that I don't think people see or recognize 
in the same way. Like, cause it's, it's not a, you know, it's a different kind of job and I'm not saying it's super hard and I love my job. So I'm not, I'm certainly not complaining, but it does have, yeah, like there are certain challenges to it. And stamina is one for sure, especially when you're like on day eight and you're just exhausted and all of that. So are you saying that you and the crew that are with you at the poker tables are the true athletes of the actual <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. room? <laughs> poker players are so weak. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, where's, where's no. your masseuse? No. And where's, like, the masseuse for, for the camera guy and, and all these Yes. <laughs> Although, I have to say, I remember one year at least one year where Maury and uh, who's amazing and I love and some of the other guys who work for the do the World Series broadcast as the producers did get some like massage therapist to come in and help out with some of the crew and that was just like was so nice that he knew that the days were long and everybody was pulling it together and Mm -hmm. they do show a lot of like yeah like gratitude or whatever and that's always nice so um, so how was your experience running a podcast and um, what was your incentive be behind starting it? Uh, did you have some goals in mind? I, I did have some goals in mind. I needed to start a podcast for 8 at 8. And they asked me what I'd like to do and they're always really good with me. They like they give me that kind of freedom. So they didn't say you have to do this. They said we'd like you to do a podcast. Mm-hmm develop something and I was really lucky that um, Matt Schaul is a friend of mine and he was also he does snap call media and so he was like let's work on this together and we just threw a bunch of ideas back and forth and I decided I didn't want to do anything strategy everybody's already doing all of these fantastic strategy podcasts or news podcasts and I don't want to compete with them because they're doing it well what's the point Mm -hmm. so I came up with the idea of using those like 36 questions to fall in love like that study from 27, 28 years ago where they all these psychologists wanted to like see if they could make complete strangers fall in love in just a few hours. And it's pretty fascinating stuff. And there's all these questions and I've added a few extra ones and I've changed some for like just to make them more relevant. And and yeah, the whole point for me was I really wanted to get to know the people. Mm-hmm. And it's like the idea that, you know, will the audience fall in love with the person at the end of the interview? you know, I'm not looking to fall in love every month. So I'm trying to help everybody else. Um, But I got to talk to so many people in ways that I hadn't expected. And I think it's made me more open. Like I usually am not that open in terms of interviews and whatnot. But yeah, it's made me want to get to know people really personally. And that's kind of cool. I've loved that experience of it. Cool, and I and that does seem like a good idea because you'd have to take an. It, it's smart to not compete with people who are already doing something well, and to do something yeah. that's, you know, it can be very emotionally compelling. And like, if you can't actually do that, that is a talent. Uh, I mean, even not like officially love, obviously, but to make them feel really connected with someone is that's really a talent, actually. I would say. Um, so that's yeah. interesting. I'd love to get you on, by the way. Okay. It's like the heart of poker is what it's called, and I'd love to get you on. So sure. We'll have I to can, make that happen. Uh, nice. I can come on. Yeah. Uh, why Yay. not? Let's see if um, you can work your uh, magic on me, I guess. <laughs> we'll see if... Uh, make the whole world fall in love with you if they haven't already. So. All right. Well, that seems like a good plan. Uh, that's actually in line with my goals of some sort. At least mm. um, need more of like a proper product related to that but yeah i think i can come on and curious to try this 36 questions out and see what happens okay good Good. um settled uh, i have a question if i take this podcast can i have a glass of wine on the podcast yes 
This yes, you like, can. I will have one as well. This seems obvious. This seems like a thing. Right? Thank you. Why has this not yes, happened more? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, that seems like a plan. Um, well, okay. last question is what's uh, what's in the future for Kara Scott? Are you gonna? Am I gonna see you at the WSOP? Uh, are you gonna play a lot of poker tournaments? Are you gonna be hosting some stuff? I'll be playing on. I don't know. What's going on? Well, um, I won't be playing, unfortunately, this summer. It's tough for me to get away at the moment in terms of, like, childcare still. Um, so I'm going to be at the World Series for a couple of weeks. I'm going to be filming just over the main, doing the broadcast again, which I love and I would just hate to miss. Um, yeah, so that's really cool. And then I might as well just be playing a little bit more. Like, 888 has a live tour, and we're doing a stop in London at the end of the year. And I love London, and so I think I might do that. So I get to kind of pick and choose some of the ones that I can sneak away for. And a three or four day poker trip is like the sweet spot for me. So I'm going to do that. All right, cool. Well, London, I'll probably be at and see you there. Nice. And um, yeah, I guess. Glass of wine. All right. Glass of wine. Sounds good. And uh, be on your podcast too. Sure. Um, And best of luck for your podcast and broadcasting um, stuff and all the other programs you play on and. If you manage to kick anyone out, kick anyone's ass while falling out of an airplane or whatever it is, or pretend to, um, I approve. I'll let you know. I and if I, I need your help, like having my back to kick some ass, I'll let you know. All right, cool. I'll be training in the meantime. Um, nice. Learning some kung fu and all of that. Cool. So be busting some moves. <laughs> Good.